I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, April 15, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So let's do a quick recap. We'll take stock of where we are, and then we'll talk about what's going to happen over the next several days and slightly beyond. We don't have to spend a ton of time on the recap. It's pretty obvious where we were, where we are, what happened. Basically, we were going sideways in the hot zone in between 287 and 290. Keep in mind, we added another price level or another price tag up at 291.72, which is a gap that will likely get filled. The trend remains very, very tightly wound in an uptrend, and nothing has changed. So here's the story about what the expectations are going forward. We have to look at the possibilities from several different angles. Before we do, let me first take a pause and thank everybody who participates and posts comments underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction, and you know how I especially love the banter back and forth. Now, if it's worthy, and only if it's worthy, hit the thumbs up button on the video and go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. Back to business. So here are some of the different scenarios as I see them. A, we're in the time zone where we're looking for signs and a signal of a trend change, a.k.a. we're looking for a top. But here's the deal. There are a lot of people looking for a turn. There are a lot of traders out there looking for this gap to be filled up at 291.72 and for the market to turn around and have a nice decent sell-off. And there's an anticipation it's going to happen that way and they're going to be able to cash in. And it may happen that way. But let's look at a couple of things that might alter their plans just a little bit. So on one hand, it certainly can happen that way, and it is one of the scenarios, right? We fill the gap, turn around, and start a corrective move. That's A. Number B is we actually go up and fill the gap, and we keep going. And what happens is, as we go through the gap, those traders that try to short the gap begin to cover the shorts and create a very, very quick vacuum to the upside for another, let's just say, 30 to 50 S&P handles or any number. It just could be a very, very quick short squeeze. It could be another 20 handles. We really don't know. I just want to frame out the type of situations we might see so that if we begin to see something like this unfold or another one, we'll at least have a little bit of a jump on the game. Here's another scenario. We can come up short of the gap. They can make it look like they're going to fill the gap. Everything looks bullish. They come up short, turn around, never fill the gap, and sell away. That's another scenario. Could happen. I'm not suspecting that's the highest probability scenario, but it's still a scenario. One of these scenarios that does make the most sense because it tends to happen over and over and over again, and it could be a combination of a couple of these scenarios. 
I tend to favor this one, but that's an opinion slash bias. Has nothing to do with what might happen or will happen going forward. But here's the deal. So let's say we have some kind of spark to the market. Maybe it's some kind of news related to China. Maybe it's geopolitical news. I don't know what it is. It doesn't really matter what it is. There's a spark to the market. We wake up to a gap higher. They fill the gap and they keep going. And by the afternoon, they've crapped out and the market finishes poorly. We've had a gap in crap and that marks the high. That could happen in one day, and that can really happen over the course of a couple of sessions. You can have a false breakout, crap out the next day, and continue down from there. That is a plausible scenario. The tricky part is, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. I'm trying to lay out as many schematics as I can. You write them down, you keep them in the back of your mind, you throw up some sticky notes, whatever you have to do to keep these in the forefront slash back of your mind, when they do occur, you at least have a little bit of a roadmap. You're not surprised like everybody else. That's really the goal. Let's keep surprise in the back closet, but at the same time, we don't need to try and anticipate the moves of the market when we're in a situation like this. The market is up a lot from the December 2018 lows. Wherever it decides to put in a meaningful top where it will have a multi-week slash maybe two or three month or more correction, when that does occur, it's going to be more than 20 points. Whenever we get to these extreme type of situations in the market, whether it's on the downside or the upside, I always like to remind everybody, you don't have to be the first participant to the party. You just want to make sure you're there when everybody's having a good time. And keep this in mind too. Sometimes when you get there too early, you feel stupid. We've all been there too early. The reality is, if you get there a little bit late, nobody really notices and you still have a good time. Should we look at the S&P from a couple of different angles, maybe a couple of different charts? Of course we should. Here's an intraday 10-minute chart. What are we doing? Well, you can see we had a gap higher. That was the other day. And now we've basically just been bantering back and forth. And all this is, is the makings of a flag pattern. So here's the flagpole, and here's the flag extended to the right. It's waving back and forth, and generally speaking, a flag pattern is meant to break to the upside. It certainly can go the other direction. However, that is what appears to be developing. When we switch over to the hourly chart, do we see anything materially different? Not really. We're above all the moving averages. We're stuck right on top of $290. Big fat round number. No surprise or shock to anybody, I'm sure. And it's the same flag pattern we just looked at compressed down a little bit. That's it. Real quick, I want to go back to the daily chart and I like to point something out. I think this is important. We'll see if it becomes important into the near term. But look here, you have a gap and the gap is, here's the opening price at 288.83. That's the gap that needed to be filled today. Was it filled? We look at the low today is 289.08. So we came up short. We couldn't even spike through 289 on the sell-off in the morning. 
What does that tell you? That tells you that there's just a lack of sellers out there enabling the market to get to even fill the gap down below, which was only a few cents away. That's bullish behavior. Just getting another look, here's a 240-minute chart. I'm just using a slightly different chart that doesn't have any horizontal trend lines or any trend lines for that matter, only because of where we are on 290. It's a better look without the trend lines all over this chart just to see what we're doing here. When you just take it from a simplistic view, cut out the noise, cut out the back and forth activity between yesterday or Friday and today, cut out the back and forth activity of today and you just see we went up on a gap higher Friday morning and from that point, we've basically just been going sideways in a bull flag pattern. That's it. It's the same bull flag pattern we just talked about. Now, what if it fails? How do we know it's going to fail or how do we know it's in the process of failing? Well, there are steps. Everything is a process. Everything is one step at a time. So forget the 240 chart. Let's go down to a smaller or shorter time frame. Back on our regular chart, here's the hourly chart, and here's what you have to say. You have to say, today's low is a bogey. Closing hourly below today's low would be cause for caution and would likely come down here to fill the gap. That would be at 288.23, but it doesn't necessarily have to stop there. We would have turned down on a short-term time frame, and that could, could I emphasize, be the beginning of something more so a close below today's low and you have to have caution the bulls would have to have caution turning the page real quick we'll take a look over in the iwm camp see what we have we're above all the moving averages the iwm was down a third of a percent today as it relates to or against in terms of relative strength the spy it was weaker. It had less or it didn't have any relative strength against the S&P 500. But it's one-third of one percent. We can't make a federal case out of that just yet. We're above the moving averages on the daily chart. That's a positive. We're running up into some overhead resistance. Where's the overhead resistance? Well, it's right here and it's right here. It's just in this area. And we've been going sideways underneath that area bantering around the 200 period moving average for a while now for several days now so what is this well i can make a case that this is another bull flag pattern in disguise ready to break to the upside is that likely can that happen we always have to look at the possibilities doesn't matter what's likely, doesn't matter what my opinion is, doesn't matter what anybody else's opinion is. What matters is, what's the market doing? Is it doing anything to cause the bear's alarm? Is it doing anything to cause the bull's alarm? Right now, it's not doing anything to cause anybody an alarm. It's just creeping along. And when it's creeping along, it has a tendency to drive everybody bananas. And that, folks is the number one job of the market is to make as many traders as possible look and feel like fools as much of the time as possible. Nobody's exempt. Everybody participates. It's just a matter of how much each individual trader participates. That's up to them. My take on it, traders that have taken the course, lazy e-mini trader, participate in the chicanery a whole lot less. 
We just don't fall into as many traps. There are always traps. We try and avoid as many as possible. By using what? Common sense market analysis. Do we have anything else to report in the IWM camp? No. How about the transports? Well, this is no surprise. We had a gap higher on Friday. We filled the gap. And today, they're finding out there's some overhead resistance up here at that gap. 10,850 spot 44. We talked about that for quite a while. That would come as no surprise to anybody that's been paying attention. The trend remains higher. However, there is some natural overhead resistance by filling the gap and trading into this particular candle that contains a pivot high. So I'm just saying that somewhere up in this neck of the woods, 10,850, 10,875, 11,000, 10,900, up in this neighborhood, there's a lot of overhead resistance. But if the other indices are rising, for example, the transports can certainly get pulled along with them. But keep something else in mind. The transports were down almost 1% today, the S&P 500 was flat, the Dow was flat, the NASDAQ was flat. The transports are my second favorite market leading indicator, and they have always been, or for at least a very, very long time, and have been Mr. Slash Mrs. Consistency in being our canary in the coal mine. We'll see what happens going forward, paying very close attention to the fact that the transports were down 92 points today, and nothing else was really down aside from the financials, which we'll get to in a moment. How about the tech gurus out in Silicon Valley, the triple Qs? Anything going on here? No, there's nothing going on here. Basically, they're just kind of stalled out, but we are on the rise. The moving averages are rising. Everything is creeping higher. There's no cause for concern for the bulls or the bears. We're just in a creeping market, but you'll see where we are. It's obvious we're into some natural, naturally occurring overhead resistance. The longer we go sideways and creep along underneath this overhead resistance, the more likely we will be to punch through that overhead resistance, barring some kind of market turndown, which will eventually take place. How about the VIX? We don't talk about the VIX every single day, but I did get some emails over the weekend on the VIX. Why? Because the VIX at least got into an important area. We've talked about the VIX dropping down below 12. Well, look at the low on Friday. The low on Friday was $11.95, and the high today happened to be $13.14. Now, that's not a tremendous move by any means, but it's just interesting that we talk about the number 12, we spike through by a few pennies the number 12, and it automatically reverses off the number 12. Now, I didn't know that that was going to happen, and I didn't pick up any VIX on Friday. I'm actually looking for a slightly lower number, maybe being a bit greedy in terms of the VIX, but I'm really looking for down in the 1170, 1175, maybe even 1160 neighborhood. I don't know if we'll get there, but I'm going to give it a day or two to find out. The financials, very, very similar story to the transports. It's very interesting. Now, the financials are a huge part of the market, not necessarily in my top favorite two market-leaning indicators, but if I had to pick a third, it would be a close between the XLF and the SMH. Probably the XLF would win out, 
SMH coming in with an honorable mention. But here we are again. We filled a gap. Now, you might say, well, we filled the gap before. Well, no, we didn't. The high here was 27.10, and the official filling of the gap is 27.14. As far as I'm concerned, here's what happened. We went up to, let me move this over. We went up to, this is on Friday, we went up to a high of 27.33, and here we are falling back and closing below 27. But we're still in a pretty good shape over here in the XLF. What happens if we put in a few more days like this, back and forth, banter back and forth? What will have happened would be, in that hypothetical scenario, is another potential flag pattern. It's way too early for that now. We only had one or two days of sideways, meaning the flag pattern development or the flag part of the pattern, but it's too early right now. We'll have to see what happens with the rest of the market, but I like to look at the XLF as a leading indicator, as we know, it's unlikely the market gets very far on the upside without some participation from the financials. The financials were weak. They had a big up day on Friday, and today they had somewhat of a down day. But think about it this way. The XLF only retraced a portion of the up move between Thursday's close and Friday. So is that bullish or bearish or somewhere in between? Well, it's not necessarily bearish. I wouldn't say it's bullish, but it doesn't have to be bearish. Closing below Friday's low first hourly and then daily would likely bring in the gap and then anything goes from there. That would turn the short-term trend down in the XLF. SMH, not much to report other than the fact that similar to the XLF, Similar to the transports, the SMH was down three quarters, almost three quarters of 1% today. So you look at my second favorite market leading indicator was down. My first favorite market leading indicator was down. Not all that much, but was down nonetheless. The financials were down and the SMH was down and everything else was flat. So that's interesting. We'll see if it's a canary in the coal mine. It could be the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. We always have to keep them very, very close to the vest. Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. Any clues going on from the fan favorites? The hedge fund widely held stocks type stuff. Amazon, for example. Anything wrong with Amazon from a technical perspective on the daily chart? Absolutely not. Is it tired? Is it running into some overhead resistance? Absolutely, but the trend is still up, but it's creeping. And keep this in mind. They're not going to send you a postcard if there's going to be a gap and go to the downside. That's also obviously one of the possibilities in the overall market. But as it stands here, we're above all the moving averages, and therefore, it still is in an uptrend. Apple. Same routine. Apple's in an uptrend. It's going sideways. What's it doing? It's actually creating another bull flag pattern. And we can easily make a case that here's a breakup candle. Watch this. Okay, so we don't need this line anymore. That was a weekly close. We closed above it. Worked once. Doesn't work twice. That's why we don't want sloppy seconds. You don't know if it's going to work the second time. 
So here's the deal. So what we have here is a breakup candle, and it's not a tremendous breakup candle, but as it relates to the candles around it, it is one. So the low was 196.34. Then you move over to Friday. What was the low on Friday? 196.21. Where are we now? 199 and change. What did they do? Go down to test the breakup candle low. Have we ever seen that before? Once or twice, maybe. Facebook. A lot of owners of Facebook out there. Let's address Facebook. So on the daily chart, from what you can see on the chart, doesn't look bad. Looks pretty good. Let's take a different perspective. What's going on if we look at the weekly chart? Let's see what we have. Doesn't look the same. It's interesting. We're coming up into this general area. So this pivot high is at 188.30. This high here is at 182 and change. So this general area, you see right above 180, there's going to be overhead resistance somewhere in between. Somewhere north of where we are, slightly north of where we are, there will be overhead resistance. But here's what I want to point out. This is also important. You see this? That was the market indicating to traders that are paying attention that can see it on a weekly chart that that company was under attack. So we just want to make note that there was a lot of volume in that week. It was a huge week on the downside for Facebook. So as we approach this general area and higher above 180, we should note that there would naturally be a lot of overhead resistance in Facebook. Let's talk about Lyft for a second and the impact that it actually is having or can have on the market. Now, it's not having an impact on the market per se, but it has an impact on the IPO market. So Lyft is a failure. We, we don't have to even play games with that one anymore. They ran out of excuses. It didn't work. It was mispriced. The market said, tell Sonny thanks, but no thanks. Now they have another problem on their hands because they have a couple of other big IPOs on the books. You have Pinterest and you also have Uber. Pinterest, I believe, is scheduled to come this Thursday. This is a four-day trading week. Friday, the market is closed for Good Friday. So four days at the end of the week, we have Pinterest. What's the likelihood that they let the market fall apart before Pinterest gets pushed out? Can it happen? Anything can happen. Is it likely? No, it's not. What's behind Pinterest? Uber. Now, maybe the market unfolds and they scratch Pinterest and Uber. Anything's possible, but I think there's too much money on the table. That's my take. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And with that being said, I'm going to give it a wrap here tonight. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.